right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie P. Fired up, man. Got my boy on here today, Bird. We're going to learn something. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, we're going to learn something that I think is kind of special, and that's about making power. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Two claps into Ric Flair. Woo! That's Woo, what we got on today. The one and only Brian Tooley, BTR Racing, Brian Tooley Racing. Uh, this guy has got such a, I mean, his lineage, man, is just unbelievable. The years he spent with Trick Flow and with Summit and developing, you know, heads and, and camshafts and looking at those, that weird black magic voodoo art that, that happens and occurs when air atomizes with fuel and, you know, you start shoving as much as you can in there via um, power adders or whatnot, naturally aspirated. Uh, it's amazing when you look at some of these parts and pieces that you're able to look at it and go, well, eh, it's the same thing it's always been. Everybody's looked at, say, you know, a lifter or a rocker arm or a camshaft and thought to themselves, well, it's as good as it's going to get. It's developed to the point where it's perfect and it's never going to be any better. And and really, Brian prides himself in, in looking at some of those things sometimes and finding something better, which is, has been amazing and has allowed him to really pursue horsepower uh, in recent years where nobody else has been able to find it. And he's got the world records to back it all up. Yeah, no, it, it's amazing. Because in principle, uh, like you said, it seems like we've been there, done it a thousand, a million times. What else is there? But man, it is... When you really start looking at all the interactions, it's incredibly complicated. Uh, and there's so many things that it, it's hard to measure because uh, they're inside of an engine. You can't see, you can't feel, uh, right? So things are happening, wave dynamics, different pressures. Uh, and so those become really complicated. So it's a series of being very methodical, very detail-oriented, but very methodical in how you go about you know, setting up your experiments, basically. Right? How do you go and find, uh, how do you get down the right path to find more power versus losing more power? And, you know, if you think about some of the comp complexity that's going on in there, and, and one thing that Brian's really done, I think, is he's gravitated towards uh, that, that camshaft, right? That, that black magic, as you said, that voodoo art 
of camshafts. Uh, and if we go back, you know, way back when, you'd, you'd have the RV or the truck cam. You'd have, you know, some kind of a hot rodder cam. And then you have that that race cam out there. And, you know, that, that was kind of your spectrum of NA. Uh, and there's a lot that we've learned naturally aspirated about trying to get, you know, the valve overlap and, uh, you know, the durations and everything kind of squared away. But then you throw in all these different power adders and you find that uh, what worked for NA cams doesn't work for supercharged cams. Uh, and then you think, oh, well, turbo, it's got to be very similar. But, you know, it's got a different back pressure, different dynamic than either of the other two. And so now, man, you got this whole world you're trying to figure out of, you know, what's going on with the wave dynamics and you're trying to trap, uh, you know, these these clean air and fuel, you know, particles in there. Like you said, you're trying to trap them and squeeze them. Uh, so your valves don't open when you start pulling the piston down, right? You can start playing with opening your valves early or late, and you got overlap because now at the end of uh, you know your exhaust cycle, your piston only goes up to the top of the deck. Now you got all this chamber volume of hot gases that you have to get out because they're hot. They're going to make you knock. You know they take the place of fresh air coming in. So how do you do all these trade-offs of when you're opening and closing? Uh, and trapping all these different things. And so anyway, Brian has become the master uh, in this voodoo. Uh, and it's really cool to see him find these discoveries, you know? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's it's going to be so cool to speak with him because, you know, the pandemic, we've seen a lot of car companies really thrive during the pandemic. It was it was good for a lot of car manufacturers. Um, for Brian, I think he'll tell you that it was, uh, it was a... Um, uh, uh, almost a time of, of revolution for him. He, he stumbled upon things that um, other people and and he, for that matter, have, have looked over. Maybe you know thought, well, that's as good as that's gonna get. Where else can I make an improvement? Um, we get to pick his brain, and there's not a better brain to to, to pick. Um, Brian Tooley, uh, Brian Tooley Racing. We'll take a break. Come back with the man, the myth, the legend himself. Um, find him online and talk to him in just a minute with the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird, I'm Willie B, and we're back after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We'll call this one Segment 1 with Brian Tooley. Segment 2, he's going to reveal something really special, something cool that they're uh, they're going to be launching, and he's going to talk about it here on the Two Guys Garage Podcast. But let's welcome the one and only Brian Tooley of Brian Tooley Racing. Hey, Brian, thanks for taking a minute, man. Always awesome to have you on the podcast. It's always cool finding out where you're getting power, where you're finding it, because that, my friend, is a relentless pursuit on your behalf it is absolutely it's non non-stop and you know obviously i i love this stuff been doing it full-time for 29 years and never thought i would see the day that you know private equity has bought up all of our competitors and they're largely not doing product development while we continue to do a lot you know so it's yeah. a very interesting time to be alive for sure and you know interesting times that that you're in this game right? Actually doing the development. Uh, cause I, I think we're all starting to see it. Uh, you know, 
this private equity, they're buying up everything. You know, they're bringing certain things to the table, which is great. You know, there's probably some quality control or some other things in there that, hey, awesome. But when it comes down to, you know, brass tacks, man, throwing the handle down, doing dyno pull after dyno pull, and really finding where it's at and giving us these packages uh, that we can say, hey, dude, that's the recipe. Give me a recipe, not just a camshaft. Give me a recipe for making big power. Uh, that's where you're becoming kind of the big player out there. Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, we, we've just worked so hard, you know, particularly, um, you know, I don't know how much we've talked about the Gen 5 directed camshafts in the past, but, you know, that platform, the things that we learned in a year we spent developing those camshafts made us go back and redevelop all of our LS camshafts. So that was a very interesting thing. You know, we ended up making about 2 to 2.1 horsepower per cubic inch with the stock short block. Naturally, I sprayed a hydraulic roller with stock rockers. And, you know, if you'd have told me five, 10 years ago, hey, you guys are going to make two horsepower cubic inch with a largely stock long block hydraulic roller uh, pump 85, I'd be like, there's there's no way. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> that's fairy tale stuff. Yeah, not easy to do. Not easy to do. He, you know, it's what's funny, Brian, you, you know, talking to you several times, you, you mentioned how you, you got an amazing lineage and, and history. Uh, first, why don't you give us a, a quick update of how you formed, you know, and uh, you've acquired all this knowledge over the years um, and where it led you all the way up into uh, the pandemic when you started looking at things maybe a little differently. Um, so for those that don't know who Brian Tooley is, uh, give us a quick short um, just highlight list of what's brought you to this point. You mean from from the time I started my first business? Yeah, well, Trick Flow, you know, yeah. you worked with them and then Summit and then yeah. you have all this this hours and this fidelity in, in you know, heads and, and camshaft development that a lot of people would appreciate. Yeah, I started Tony's Airflow in 1993. It was actually hired into Holly product development, 94, 95. If you ever saw a small walk Chevy, small walk Ford Holly head, I'm the reason uh, they made those sonar heads. Um, they didn't make them for very many years. Um, now went back to uh, self-employment, Tony's Airflow in 96. And then by 2001, bought a five axis CNC. And by 2004, sold that business to Summit Racing Trick Flow. In 2004, Trick Flow was the only sonar head manufacturer in the United States that did not offer their own sonar head CNC ported. So they were behind the game. Uh, they had all Fidal CNCs. I used a Fidal, so it was a natural marriage. I also had the best port programs in the country for Trick Flow heads, you know, set a lot of records, won a lot of championships and stuff. And um, so it's kind of a natural marriage, uh, which honestly goes back to 1996 when the man who started TrickFlow, founded TrickFlow, Rick Smith, tried to hire me uh, into TrickFlow. That's really when that um, started was in 96. And like I said, 2004, they bought that business. And I worked there until uh, 2010 for six years, learned a lot. You know, we developed um, all the cylinder heads. I personally had to do all the digitizing CNC programming. Uh, we did Spintron testing. You know, we developed uh, the Platinum Spring there. That is the Platinum Spring that uh, BTR sells to this day. You know, we sold that spring there for five years without a single failure. And when I was leaving, uh, they were talking about changing spring vendors. I said, you'd be crazy to change spring uh -huh. vendors. And I left. They, they changed spring vendors. Uh, and it's so ironic because we developed that spring at TrickFlow, a division of Summit Racing. Today, Summit Racing is our number one customer buying those springs so <laughs> yeah buys the springs that you develop for them 
but now you do it through a different <laughs> a different person. Uh, it's crazy how it comes full full cycle. Uh, but really, it, it's allowed you to to spread your wings and really pursue your passion. Uh, explain a little bit about what that is and where that's taken you. Yeah, you know, of course, the thing that I saw, you know, through the years I was doing solar head development is, you know, it really took the camshaft to tie things together. And one of the things that I realized I could do when it came to solar head design was if I if I just made uh, in, you know heads that had smallish uh, valves and reduced low lift flow, uh, that made for a more universal sonar head uh, head that would do pretty much everything pretty well, and um, you know so that's what I did. But then uh, about the time that I was leaving Trick Flow Summit in 2010, I had created a spreadsheet then to just calculate open close events and really started. Um, you know, studying camshaft open close events. And uh, then in, in 2011, um, when uh, those trick flow springs started failing, I saw the opportunity to sell the, the springs that we sold there for, for five years. And and so 2012, when our non-compete expired, I started selling those springs. And then immediately, as soon as I started selling spring kits uh, and, and then push rods, people wanted camshafts. And then they wanted all the parts that went with the, the camshaft installation. And you know, things just took off from there, but, you know, it's just amazing, you know, that, that 10 year journey here with BTR because you, uh, well, going on 11 now, uh, you know, because, you know, you, you do things and do things and do things. And, uh, you know, by, by January, 2020, I thought, well, you know, we've discovered about everything there is to discover with camshafts, you know, they're working with camshafts at that point, you know, for a, a long time, decades, you know, in my lifetime. And, right. Right. And so, um, you know, you just think, well, you know, there's there's nothing left to learn. It's just a commodity. And then we did have a breakthrough in mid uh, mid year 2020 uh, in terms of um, camshaft, mainly re related to camshaft overlap events. Um, we now calculate what those overlap events should be based on, you know, different criteria of the engine, uh, solar head valve size, intake and exhaust, things like that. So that was really exciting breakthrough because, you know, we we discovered uh, a lot more power than what we anticipated and uh, especially supercharged. So that was exciting. And then in mid 2021, I wanted to uh, test something new with the design of the acceleration curve. Of course, it, you know, the, when you design a cam globe, you're designing acceleration curve. Right. And so I wanted to, you know, just test something new and then back to back on the Spintron, it was more dynamically stable and made more power in a dyno, which was the first time we had seen that up to that point. It was just a balancing act between, um, you know, how much peak acceleration you used um, and, you know, the resulting, you know, Spintron trace and dyno, because as the peak acceleration went up, the Spintron trace got worse, but the dyno got made more power. Right. So it's I was going to ask you, well, what's that give and take? Because there's a there's a relationship there. And normally, if one is increasing, the other is going to give. That's where you, yep. you you take it from. So explain what you're you're trying to find in finesse and all that. Yeah. So that, you know, that's what we were up against. Right. We, we would you know, we would try different uh, peak accelerations, basically. And we would say, OK, well, you know, six thousandths, for example, was our threshold for closing valve bounce. And so, you know, if this globe design was 5,000 bounce and the next one was 10, you know, obviously we weren't going to produce the 10, even if it made a few more horsepower. Uh, but then with that 
mold design uh, breakthrough was the first time that we were better on the Spintron and made more power on the dyno, which was very exciting because as we looked around at all of our competitors' lobes, uh, really no one else out there had that basic acceleration curve shape. Now, we eventually did realize that uh, cam motion, uh, a lot of their lobes are similar uh, similar design. And it's just, it's subtle, so you don't really pick up on it a lot until you, you know, you just, you know, obviously we're testing all kinds of different things, right? Because we could. And so then when you had that breakthrough, then you start looking at other people's stuff much harder and picking up on some of those subtle uh, clues, you know? Yeah. And for a lot of guys out there, you know, when he's talking about an acceleration curve, you know, we think about the position of the valve, right? We want the valve position to be open at certain times of pistons going up and down. Valve position obviously is key, right? We're trying to get it to open, but acceleration is how fast can you get it to open, right? And you really have to think about, you know, there's a mass of the, the valve in the spring. Uh, so acceleration times that mass is the force. So at some point you're going to make too much force on the components and you're gonna hurt stuff. So you're trying to get this acceleration curve, right? You're trying to maximize accelerating the valve from basically closed, it's zero, and you're, you can't smack it, right? You're gonna hurt something. So you have to scoop it up essentially. So you're scooping it up and you're, you're lifting, basically opening up that valve. Well, now you gotta make sure you don't over accelerate and fly off the other end of that cam off the nose. You've gotta ride the cam back down again so you don't, you know, basically jump a ramp and then, you know, smack down again and hurt your components. Then you got to gently close that valve so it doesn't smack closed, right? And same kind of durability issues on the other side. So, so you're trying to play around with, you know what you want the position to be to make the most airflow, uh, to, to get those wave dynamics happening, right? Uh, to trap the gases that you want. Uh, but you're, you're, you know, you're limited on this accelerating open and closed curve. Uh, so you have durability. <laughs> all of which is happening within thousands of a second, too. It's all taking place. <laughs> you know, we say it like it's this big, long event, like it's a weekend. But, but it's happening, you know, thousands of, of a second. You know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Well, that's it. I mean, that speed, that acceleration uh, is what's causing these huge loads, right? You're bending push rods and rocker arms and you're, uh, you're, you're smacking valves, uh, closed. Uh, so, so it is, it's, it's this durability game along with making big power. Uh, so you're saying you're finding ways to shape this acceleration curve to get those valve positions where you, you really ideally would like them without, uh, failing engines and components. Well, you know, the, when, when you, when we talk about designing an acceleration curve, it's not so much about you know, the, the cam timing events for us is getting the valve where we want it. The acceleration curve um, is getting the valve there um, where it's as dynamically stable as possible right. while giving the maximum area under the curve. Right, because there's another element in there that you're not just, you know, looking at accelerating a valve. Now you've got uh, things that are springing push rods and, and rocker arms and everything becomes a spring. So the dynamics there can kind of go haywire uh, if you're not careful too. So there's a whole nother level behind the scenes. And the Spintron that he's mentioned uh, is basically a rig that can spin the valve train at whatever RPM. So you can 
So you can kind of measure and look at all these things that you're, let's say, predicting. You can kind of see how you actually did. But like you said, the proof is in the pudding uh, on the dyno, right? Where you've got gas pressures uh, acting on valve faces and things that you don't necessarily have on a Spintron. So you're saying you're seeing a little bit different results actually on dyno than what the Spintron is telling you? Well, no, I mean, uh, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, because, uh, you know, when we test, let's say we test competitor's cam and let's say it's got a lot of closing bounce at, let's say, 6,800 RPM, right? When you dyno test that cam, you'll see that dynograph actually dip at 6,800, exactly where that valve is bouncing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and talking about valve acceleration curve, you know, one of the things that I should mention that no one talks about is everyone talks about that acceleration curve being designed at the cam globe at the lifter, but we actually design acceleration curve at the valve, right? Not at the lifter, which is extremely important because in an LS or LT engine, um, you go through this huge change that stock rocker arm goes through a huge change in rocker ratio, right? In an LS engine, it might go from 1.65 to 1.73 ratio. You know, so if you design a good acceleration curve at the at the lobe at the lifter, it's not necessarily a good acceleration curve at the valve because of this huge rocker ratio change, uh-huh. right? So, so that's why you have to design acceleration curve at the valve. And the thing that we have found out is almost no one else in the performance aftermarket uh, does that. You know, during the last few years, you know, of course, we're always looking at everybody's lobe design software. You're we're wanting to see what everybody's got. And I was talking to a manufacturer about a year ago uh, that makes cam lobe design software. And, uh, and I asked him, I said, you know, can, can your software design acceleration curve at the valve? He said, Oh no, no one in the aftermarket designs acceleration curve at the valve. And I was like, <laughs> well, actually we do. So, um, <laughs> you know, so I love that. Yeah. So that, you know, it, it's amazing when you get down to it, um, and is it harder to design it at the valve than it is at the lifter? It's way harder. You know, um, you have to have the CAD data from the engine. And fortunately for us with the, the Chevy engine, you know, it's through SEMA data co-op, you know, you can get that data and, you know, and, and, and put that, you know, put that geometry in the software so you can design the acceleration curve at that valve. You know, so so yay, yay Chevrolet for uh, working with SEMA. Because let me tell you, Dodge doesn't, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> Makes a big difference, too. And uh, finding power, man, is what the game is all about. When we come back, Brian Tooley, Brian Tooley Racing reveals something else, another evolutionary leap for BTR um, that we're going to reveal right here on the Two Guys Garage podcast. I'm excited to do so. Kevin Bird, Willie B, we'll be back with Brian Tooley right after the break on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We got Brian Tooley of Brian Tooley Racing. Find him online, Brian Tooley Racing, btrracing.com. Uh, you're all over the social stuff, man. Set world records left and right like he's Guinness over here. Um, now, when we left, uh, we were talking a little bit about you know, the camshaft and the dark magic because you found some. Um, I know there's some some proprietary stuff that you want to keep on the table, um, but there had to be moments where you were like, 
we got something here, boys, or we found something, you know, you know, grab hands, let's pray, uh, pop a cork and call it done. We found something. Uh, yeah. Can you allude to those? Yeah, you, you'll see that with our newest can designs, right? Because our newest can designs have less intake duration and we're making 10 to 15 more horsepower, hmm. right? Naturally aspirated. And of course, boosted, we're making a lot more than that. And so you, you know, so you see, uh, you know, that next uh, level of innovation, I guess, in camshaft design. And of course, the reason we're so excited about it is because as we looked around, almost none of our competitors um, have figured this out. You know, at least their, their camshafts aren't designed uh, showing that, <laughs> that they figured that out. You know. <laughs> right. So you're, you're uh, seeing big gains on, on NA and on boosted, uh, supercharged and turbo as well? Uh, particularly supercharged. Ah, um, supercharged, nice. like we did a 427 on the dyno. So two camshafts, both the same intake valve closed, both the same exhaust valve open, both the same total overlap. We just varied where that overlap occurred relative to top dead center. And um, we were hoping, man, if we could find five horsepower NA and 10 boosted, you know, 15 boosted, this would be huge. And we found 15 horsepower NA and 50 horsepower at 20 pounds to boost. Well, the the supercharged power numbers were really, uh, really got our attention because at 20 pounds of boost, 15 horsepower NA should have been about 37, 38 horsepower at 20 pounds of boost. And it was 50, right? And so that's that's when we got really excited. And then, you know, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm one of the guys that came out there and my NA cam was different from my super positive displacement supercharged cam, which is different from the centrifugal uh, supercharged cam, which is different from the turbocharged cam. Well, what we're finding now is as these cams get better, better NA, they actually work in all combinations extremely well. So that's also nice. exciting. Yeah, that's what we want to hear, man. That's what we want to hear. And, and you guys are great, uh, not just delivering a generic camshaft, but kind of helping with us a recipe right so what what is what is your combination maybe here's the right cam for you or hey i've got a few bucks give me the right bits and you kind of say hey match this this and this and now you got a winning combination yeah yeah because you it's got to be durable right too and so you know that's one of the things that we've really doubled down on was quality and durability getting the right cam core uh the way that the cams are are ground the way that whole package is put together with springs um, you know, to yield, you know, maximum stability, maximum power, and therefore durability um, as well. Amen to that. Know, so, uh, hey, I, I know you got another big announcement too, because not only has BTR been working, you know, on finding all that extra power to camshaft and uh, where people can, you know, gain an ounce of performance, you guys have really been excited because what else is coming out of the BTR camp that our listeners are going to be excited to hear? Well, so, you know, earlier I said that, you know, Rick Smith, the guy that started TrickFlow in 1996, or the guy that started TrickFlow in the 80s, tried to hire me in 1996. Well, in, in 2018, I was able to bring Rick Smith into BTR. And, and the, the week that I hired him, everybody in the country thought we were immediately going to have a cylinder head. And, you know, everything in, in due time, right? <laughs> I said, hey, let's make some simple stuff make some intakes, let's make some valve coverage, you know, let's get this process process down. And so we're finally coming to market with our own cylinder heads. 
It's actually the sonar head design I wanted to make when I was at TrickFlow. Um, it's pretty wild because in 2008, 2009, I'm looking at an LS7 head where the rocker arms bolt to pedestals on the head. And I thought, I was like, you know what? You could take those the valves, the rockers, and you could put side cant, just move all of that over at the same time and put side cant in that cylinder head and it would work with stock rockers, which would be really cool, right? That was 2008. In 2014, Chevy came out with the, the Gen 5 engine, direct injected, and it had candid valves on both sides. That's exactly what they did. Smart, right? okay. So that was that was pretty exciting, pretty cool. So so we've got new LS3, LS7 heads that had slide cant like a Gen 5 uh, sonar head, but we've kind of taken it one step further because when you look at the, those valves, when they're in line in the in the cylinder, that's okay. But <clears throat> as you rotate the intake valve toward the intake side of the head, that intake valve now starts acting more like a Hemi. And when you look at cylinder head design, um, if you want to make a lot of power, what you have to do is deshroud that intake valve best way you can, right? Obviously, if you look at Chevrolet going from 23 degree horrible intake valve location, you know, to 15 degree with a LS, 12 degree with LS7, and now, you know, I think it's 12 degree candid valve with the Gen 5. Um, and then, like I said, as you rotate that valve, move it toward the intake face of the head. Now it's starting to act like a Hemi. So it's deshrouded even more than a traditional wedge head uh, would be, even even canted valve wedge head. And so what you, you know, what you end up from all of that is, um, you know, we uh, actually have a flow bench in my home at in my garage at home, right? I have, I have a flow down a flow bench. That's awesome. And uh, so, yeah, so we had a flow model and uh, nothing like grabbing a midnight snack and go ahead in your flow bench for a few minutes, you know? <laughs> a flow bench at home. Yeah. I do, I'll, I'll send you a video later. But uh, yeah, so, you know, first time I put that head on a flow bench, we, in our, in our Gen 5 direct ejected testing, we tested a, a GM PP CNC ported LT1 head that kind of became our uh, our gold standard, um, you know, for a Gen 5 direct ejected head. And the first time we had our sonar head on the flow bench, which which actually uses the same valves as a Gen 5 head, uh, it outflowed that GMPP CSC head. Wow. Um, at, 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 three, at 300 lift through 500 lift. So, you know, when you, when you want to make power with a hydraulic roller camshaft, you just need as much flow as possible, 300 lift, 400 lift, 500 lift, right? That's what really makes those sonar heads make power. And so we're really excited about that sonar head because we feel like that, that particularly the LS3 head is going to obsolete all of the LS3 heads on the market for power production. Hmm. Dude, huge moves at BTR, man. Yeah. How you got to be so proud of you and your staff and, you know, all the years you guys have into this, you're starting to really make uh make it all come together man and just uh we 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 we're the the victories of your hard work uh the victors of it because you guys got a lot of hard work into it well a great team right i mean you know rick smith i, I idolized that guy in the 90s he was my mentor in the 90s right yeah yeah rod, and you said you want a job <laughs> yeah oh yeah i'm telling you in the 90s hot rod magazine did an article 10 most influential people in hot rodding they named Rick Smith as one of those 10. 
Wow, man. Because that was the heyday of the Twisted Wedge Chevy, Twisted Wedge Ford heads. That's when Trick Flow had really put, you know, everyone else in the business on notice. And, um, you know, so you had to be able to hire him in back in 2018 and then be working with him. He's such a, a just an awesome Christian guy, awesome to work with, always full of energy, never mad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever seen you mad, right? <laughs> I mean, so, and, and just a genius in his own right, you know, so what a blessing it is to work with him. And then, you know, it was funny, um, you know, just talking about working with him with the Godzilla intake, right? So PRI 2021, a little over a year ago now, everyone was saying, you guys going to make anything for Godzilla? You going to make anything for Godzilla? And I kept telling everybody, no, 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 we're not making anything. Well, I knew Brian Wolf was the, you know, one of the head guys at Ford who had overseen the uh, development design of that um, Godzilla. And so uh, when he came to our booth and said, will you make a Godzilla intake? I said, yes, sir. Absolutely. (laughs) And you have that coming out? Yeah. Oh yeah. It it just launched. So um, what, what did you say the timing was for, for market for this new cylinder head? When, when do you expect Um, to have it out? Mid, uh, mid year this year. Mid year, man. That's going to come up fast. I feel wow. like that's something, oh, yeah. Kevin, we need on the show to highlight, you know, on the Two Guys Garage <laughs> yeah. show. We take an LS, perhaps one of, my, one of mine in here. I was going to say, show. you know, yeah. I've got a home. I've got a home shop here, you know, just like his, yeah. his flow bench. <laughs> you know, like I'll grab myself a midnight snack and a cylinder head and, you know, yeah, hold that sucker on. Uh, so uh, this head, right, because, uh, you know, you know all about heads and and – and you can set up a cylinder head. I mean, think of the old Hemis, right? They they were phenomenal on the drag strip, you know, at high RPMs. But you know, tough, tough off the line on the street. Uh, so how is this position? This this new cylinder head uh, is it, is it going to be kind of race oriented? Is it going to be able to cover a lot of ground? Can we can we street this thing? What kind of applications? It's absolutely designed to be a great street strip hydraulic roller head, right? Uh, more so than race head. Uh, because it does have the pedestals where the stock rockers bolt down. Somebody that wants to wants to run a solid roller with like a Jessel, they'll have the work cut out for them, right? They'll have to mill those pedestals off. So it's absolutely designed for the street strip crowd, hydraulic roller crowd. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the other thing that really makes a, a great cylinder head is getting a whole lot of airflow around the smallest intake valve that you can get. And when you look at an LS3 head that has that 2.165 diameter intake valve, you know, that's really too large. And these heads have the 2.125 intake valve diameter, like comes in the Gen 5 LT heads. It's actually the exact same valve, right? So, um, you know, so you end up with a smaller valve that flows more air everywhere, which always makes more power, more torque. Absolutely the way to make a summer head. So you say it's kind of a tweener between like a, a typical chevy you know valve orientation and a, and a hemi where you've rotated the intake and exhaust uh you know in line essentially with the airflow yeah i mean it, it it doesn't have a lot of it doesn't have a ton of rotation um like you see some of these race heads have because you know we're confined by the stock ls valve cover which is very narrow so that really constricts how much you can how much rotation you can put in uh, the valves um uh, but the fact that it has any rotation at all, uh, you know, is um, 
is is really good because obviously none of the other street strip hydraulic roller heads out there have any yeah. any rotation whatsoever. Um, so to have side cant plus that rotation puts that intake valve in a in a beautiful spot for you know airflow and power production. Um, so again, another another leap there where most people have been like, yeah, I mean you're gonna get. There's a head for it. They're pretty much designed as good as you're going to get. Um, not much you could do there besides, you know, some port work on them and, and call it done. Here you go, moving things around and finding power and performance um, that nobody is, you know, thinking about doing. Uh, that's why we love having you on. That's why we love your stuff. Uh, that's why I encourage people to, to find out more about you if they're out there thinking about upgrades. So where do people find out more about you? Where do they get the goods? Where do they get the website? Kind of cue us up for all of that stuff. Yeah, uh, so it's BrianTulliRacing.com, um, and then uh, you can also call us. We're available nine to five thirty Eastern Time, uh, Monday through Friday. Got a great staff, sales engineers do a fantastic job. If you got a specific build or something you're you're kind of curious about, what to go, uh, where to go for camshaft for for upgrade springs and and heads, these are the guys to call. Um, they'll be on the other end walking through the whole process and helping you in every step of the way. Um, Thule, spelled T-O-O-L-E-Y, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. There you go. Brian Thule Racing. Or BTR. You can go to BTR and find it, too. BTRRacing.com. It all goes back to Mr. Brian Thule. So don't forget about, um, hey, our TV show. It airs weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Hopefully you'll see some BTR heads on there some point towards the end of the summer. It's also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is their streaming service and a great resource to find us as well. Thanks to our guest, Mr. Brian Thule. Uh He is Kevin Bird. I will really be your producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Mr. Bob Eckert. Yeah, don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us. We're everywhere on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. That's Two Guys Garage Podcast. It's copyrighted, 2023, Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Brian, I can't wait to talk to you again, man. And it's funny because the other day when I was talking to him on my radio show, Kev, I said, so, man, before my fire and kind of before the pandemic, I ordered a camshaft. I'm about to put in this Cadillac of mine, my CTSV. Um, but now you got this new design. What do you think I should do with that other one? He goes, just give it to a friend. Just get rid of it. <laughs> he goes, you need the new stuff. That's how, that's how proud of those changes he is, man. So I'm going with the new stuff. More power, I'm getting it, man. That's what everybody should do. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 50 horsepower on a supercharged uh, just from moving some cam around. That, that's that's a big ball. Oh, that's huge, right man. There, man. That's awesome. Amen. That's huge. Yeah. Awesome, Brian. Well, we'll catch you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Hey, Brian, as always, thanks for your time, man. Always awesome speaking with you. Thank you, guys. Y'all do a phenomenal job. Appreciate Thank it. See you, Brian. Take care, everybody. See you on the next one. See you, Brian. Two Guys Garage podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.